Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Here we go again with another episode of Spin the Rally Pod. And on the start list for this episode and interrupting his holiday... Roaming reporter and voice of rally, Colin Clark. I'm going to come back to that holiday very shortly. (laughs) Also enjoying a hard-earned day off is former sporting director, George Donaldson. And joining us shortly, hopefully with breaking news, will be Dirtfish.com's senior staff writer, David Evans. I'm rally fan and radio broadcaster, Lisa O'Sullivan. Welcome to Spin the Rally Pod if you haven't tuned in before. Uh, we hope you enjoy what we're going to be chatting on about. And I have to apologise because, first of all, we're starting off with the fact that, Colin, you are digging into your deepest Hemingway and the old man in the scene. You've, you're spending your holiday fishing, I notice. Well, not not quite spending the whole holiday fishing, but yeah, I definitely had a day's fishing yesterday. And it was a whole load of fun, Lisa. I have to say, I do quite enjoy a little bit of fishing. And, and I also have to say that, you know, I only keep what I eat. So anything that's caught, if we have, normally that's not an issue because normally I don't catch anything when I go <laughs> fishing. Uh, but yesterday I went out fishing with uh, with my kids and my brothers, actually. It was very pleasant indeed. And we went out on this lovely boat out of a place called Saundersfoot in Pembrokeshire. And do you know what? The fish were jumping into the boat. I, I've never known a day like it. We had five hours and just about every time we stopped and put the rods down, we were catching things. And it was it was absolutely the day was totally you know capped by the biggest thing I've ever caught. I'm not sure if it was a shark, but it looked like a shark, and it was as big <laughs> as a shark, and it fought like a shark, and it was entertaining. But that also couple of lovely pictures with Mr. Shark, and he went back into the sea. Yeah, but we're having a family holiday, at least, and and I have to say, you know, as a lot of people I'm sure around the world are doing this year, family holidays more or less at home, only three or four hours away from home, and it's been. Uh, been a fantastic week. It really has. Do you reckon it was a shark, George? Uh, I'm not sure, but I have just been this morning on my day off browsing through something and I've seen something even more splendid than Colin's shark because I've been looking at uh, McLean's photographs, his oh, yeah. top 10 iconic safari uh, photographs yeah. on the Dirtfish website. And number five out of 10, if you care to have a look, there's a nice photograph of two cars driving through mud pools, um, mud tracks um, in the in the mud and the splashing with a helicopter above them. I'm driving the car as you look at it on the left. Oh, is that right? Yes, yeah, it says it's Hugh right, Kankin and Ian Duncan, but it was a post shot. It was the best <laughs> ever five days. The best ever five days of my life, <laughs> probably oh, no. just about. I have to I say I was lured in day- by the giraffe. Yeah, the, the the giraffe lures you in, but the shot shot five out of ten. I'm driving the car on the left, and uh, it was a five day photo shoot. We had a helicopter, we had film crew. Reinhard Klein was with us. Uh, I had two mechanics, myself and Ian Duncan driving, and various yep. bits of sound crew and. Uwe Anderson's wife, Marion Bell Anderson, Obvious. was co-driving in either just, of the just cars. Just to get that photograph. 
Yeah. Well, that was just that was just a lucky <laughs> happenstance. We drove we drove four and a half thousand kilometers in well four and a half days. Wow. Um, wow. Seeking seeking out uh, two two car two car photograph opportunities, and we shot off. I mean, uh, an amazing amount of footage, and uh, I drove the whole of the rally route. The whole of the rally route. We've talked at length, haven't we, about the safari and about the attraction mm. of the safari. But one of the things we didn't really talk about was the fact that the safari just gives you those just iconic, wonderful photo opportunities. And really, you know, Cole's put, Cole McMaster's put his top 10 photographs from the safari on Dirtfish this week. You know, they would, a number of those would feature in your top 10 photographs of all time because the safari mm. just gives you those those great opportunities, doesn't it? And that's kind of what we're missing out on this week. But we are looking forward to going to next week. But I was going to say, Georgie, that... Um, one of our very kind listeners has uh, put on Facebook, and I haven't responded to him yet. It's Peter. Peter, thank you very much indeed. Uh, he found a, a fantastic photograph of you 20 years ago, George, with a very young, I think it's Peter Solberg. Um, you're not tagged in it, but I will tag you in it. But I'm going to put a request out to our listeners. If you can find any old photographs, not of me or Lisa, uh, but particularly George and then David Evans. Yeah, You definitely. know, if you can find any, tag us in them. Let us know. We'll give you a shout out. Are we, on are we Spin offering the prizes, Colin? Are we, that, prizes? are we offering prizes? Are we offering prizes? No, just prestige. No, 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 no. The, I, the want know, I want to know if David's still wearing the same pair of cords that he had about 20 years ago. Well, he's probably wearing the same jumper, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a little story. He, 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 you know, we went up to, to M Sport last week, uh, myself and David, yeah. and, uh, and Heike, our cameraman at Dirtfish. And I, we, we, had a, we had a fantastic two days, and I... I cannot thank Mr. and Mrs. Wilson enough for their, their unbelievable hospitality and openness. Uh, we're making a little series of videos on, uh, in particular, Malcolm Wilson. But, uh, you know, the story behind M Sport, where it is, where it started from, how it developed, uh, and where it is now and where it hopes to be in the future. Um, and it was just quite, quite a, a wonderful couple of days up there. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, you know, anyone that's seen any of my social media pictures over the last four or five months will know that I've been living in Dirtfish kit, you know, because it's so good and it's so comfortable. <laughs> but my Dirtfish kit are shorts and T-shirts and hoodies. Uh, and I'm not a hoodie person, or I wasn't until I joined Dirtfish. But I've discovered the love of, of Dirtfish hoodies. Uh, but David phoned me up before we went up to M Sport and said, Call, you, know, you, can't, you can't really wear shorts and a hoodie if we're going to spend a couple of days with Malcolm because... As everyone knows, Malcolm Wilson is, is a man of absolute elegance. Um, yeah. He said, but, but I said, look, well, I said, look, I haven't got anything else, David. Word, George. Yes, immaculate. Mm, no I said, on. I haven't got anything else, David. <laughs> and he said, don't worry, I've got one of my Dirtfish shirts and Dirtfish sweaters. And I'm thinking, those are the Marks and Spencers ones that he's had branded himself, <laughs> aren't they? <laughs> so so we, when you see the videos, you will see that I did actually put on his Marks and Spencers Dirtfish shirt, which looked quite nice. I drew the line at the Marks and Spencer sweater. I would not put it on, uh, unfortunately. What's wrong with the Marks <laughs> and Spencer jumper? It's, 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 nothing wrong with Marks and Spencer's <laughs> jumpers. I've, I've enjoyed a number of them in the past. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I said to David, he looked in, in his kit, he looked like a kind of middle manager looking after a production line for some big production company somewhere. Didn't go down well, George. Didn't go down well. <laughs> No, I, have, I have to say you've been teasing us quite a lot. I don't know about you, George, but I'm I'm very jealous of your trip to Dovenby Hall mm. in Cumbria. And you have teased us about what you saw and what you did. But but I'm yet to look at pictures, watch video, read many articles 
what can you tell us yeah, that you haven't on. told us already? Well, Spill the beans. You've been around, George, you know, since the early days, haven't you? You, you competed against well, Malcolm, I would imagine. Well, doesn't make old, does it? Uh, uh, did I do any rallies that Malcolm was doing? I, yeah, I did. I, I did. I did a couple of Scottish rallies when I was yeah. in a mini and he would be in a... He would be in an Audi Quattro, probably, <laughs> or the like. But he does remember like. you, George. <laughs> he does remember yeah. you from those well, days. Interestingly enough, Malcolm's, Malcolm's first ever foray to Kenya was 1987, I think it was. Pretty sure. No, it was maybe 88, 1988. And we put him in a, the team put him in a, um, 1980, that was, 1987 or 88. I think it was 88. We put him in a, a, a chase car with one of our yeah. mechanics. Um, now, what was his name? I can't quite remember the mechanic's name. Fabulous guy, an engine guy. Uh, anyway, um, Malcolm was absolutely just, honestly, he was in, it was full culture shock and he was having, he had the best time of his life. He was like a kid in a sweet shop. <laughs> it, opened, it was basically, I mean, back then it was open road racing mm. and he was, you know, he was in a replica rally car doing a legitimate job on the rally. It was but, and you have racing. to remember that, that Malcolm was he was a very, very decent driver in his time. He was very highly regarded. Uh, you know, he, he, as part of our two days up at M Sport, we went into the, the old museum that I think it's I think it's uh I think it's Elaine, Malcolm's wife. I think it's uh is it no, it's Malcolm's mum. It's Malcolm's mum that looks after the, the museum there. Um and there were some old Fiat overalls. Uh and I said to Malcolm, I said, Where are they from? Uh, and he said South Africa. He, he he drove a bit in South Africa in the very early days, George. Um, That's know, right. Take, yeah. And I think there. he probably did a couple. Of, he probably did a couple of Australia Southern Cross rallies. Possibly back in he the, did. Back Do you know in what the he 70s. did? He did. I- yeah. Okay. I've got <laughs> I've got a proposal for Malcolm Wilson now. This is this is an this is a, an unbeatable offer. <laughs> well, I think it's unbeatable. He'll probably just snigger. But uh, seeing as he's never done Safari Rally, I think he should do the Classic Rally. And yeah. I think he should do it in an escort. Yeah. And honestly, he needs he needs a riding mechanic running with him that knows the safari the old the safari rallies of old that's been around a fair bit of the route. Oh, oh, I could do that for him. <laughs> I quite like Malcolm. Malcolm yeah. and I have never had any arguments. <laughs> I'm sure we've had disagreements, but never arguments. <laughs> it's always been very civil. I mean, Malcolm, yeah. Malcolm, as we all know, is a very very civil man, so it's good fun. Well, do you know what, and I George? think we'd have we I think we'd have an absolute blast because Malcolm, apart from anything else. I mean, you've got to love Malcolm when he's amused because he's just the funniest guy. You know, he's just, uh, he, when he gets tickled, he's, uh, he's he, you know, when somebody tickles him, he's, he's just, he's in hoots of laughter with it. Great fun. He's a, he's, I'm up he's for a super, it, Malcolm, if guy. you ever listen. Yeah. But George, you know, do you know what was up there as well in the little museum area? It was the uh, the Escort that they built for, the Mark II Escort they built for the classic RAC uh, that him and John Millington won uh, not so yes. many years ago. Three no, years ago, I think, four years ago. Uh, yep. The car was basically, you know, it was built for that event and they just finished it the, the day before. But but yeah, so yeah, we were up there and, and really we were up there just to have a look at, at what was going on and, and uh, just how things were because, you know, it's easy to forget that M Sport is a completely different operation from, you know, Tommy Mackinnon's operation in Finland and from the Hyundai operation in Germany. Uh, you know, they very much are a private company and yes, they, they are supported by Ford and Ford continue to support them, uh, you know, and they're supporting them in terms of the development of the new 2022 car and and all the cars that they that they make in the M Sport family, if you like. Uh, but you know, uh, big companies will be able to, uh, you know, they'll come out the other side of this this crisis that we're going through, 
and they'll be able to to uh, you know to, to gather themselves and move on. Whereas a, a privately owned and run company like M Sport, you know, it's very precarious. George, you've been telling us many times over the last few weeks just how many companies are going to go bust, are going to go to the wall, how many people will lose their jobs. You know, that was a very, very real possibility three or four months ago up at M-Sport. And Malcolm was very honest about it. And he said, had it not been for the government support uh, through March, April, May, M-Sport could well have closed. He says it, it was as really difficult as that, the period that they went through. And they continue yeah, sure. to go through. Yeah. They continue to go yeah. through because they rely on, on cars running. You know, if cars aren't running yeah. on rallies, they're not selling cars. They're not selling parts. Yeah. They're not... They're not servicing engines. They're not rebuilding engines and gearboxes and, and differentials and all the rest. They require rallies to run for their business model to work. And, and it, it really is not the best time at M-Sport. But what was great was the fact that they're still looking to the future. They're still looking very positive. And, and really the, the, the biggest sign of that, the biggest, most obvious, most tangible sign of that is this incredible test track and development centre that they're building. And I have to tell you, the test track is is enormously impressive. It's I think in its longest configuration, it's about three kilometres long. Um, but what's more impressive is the building that's going up next to it, which will be a high-tech um, development centre next to the track. And it's, it's just absolutely vast. And yeah, they've had to perhaps... Is, is the track um, tarmac, Colin? It's tarmac, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's a tarmac track. It's not a race track, and and it, it's it's not licensed for racing, so you won't you won't get races there. Uh, but it's it, it basically the idea behind it is that your ma- manufacturers, any manufacturer, can book the test centre, and you've got everything there. You you've got your machining rooms, you've got obviously your really high tech equipment, everything you need really to to develop parts and develop. Uh, race cars, if any cars, race cars, road cars, whatever it might be, it's all there, it's all on site. You can get the car onto the track, test it. If something's not right, you can go away, you can rework the car, you can machine parts, you can test things in the the various uh, simulations they've got there, and you're back on the track the next day with your newly worked car. Um, it, it's it's a really, really, really impressive setup. You know, it's it's, it's private, which, which a lot of these manufacturers want. You know, you can absolutely guarantee privacy there. Um, and it's all on the doorstep, if you like. And, you know, Malcolm is still, he said, yeah, we're going to have to just think about perhaps, you know, how we use this going forward, how we sell it going forward. And that might change as a result of, of the, the downturn that we're all going to face because of COVID. But he still very much sees there being a future for that test track and that development centre. And he says it's, it's you know, it's, it's more or less full steam ahead. There were, the day we were there, there were probably... 100, 120 uh, folk working on on the track and on this. Well, track's finished more or less, but on the development centre. And it was good to see. It was really good to see because, you know, all the talk of, of not the negative, not, not talk of negativity, but all the, the concerns that people around motorsport have had for various development companies, you know, you, you had to fear for M Sport. But Malcolm was very, very positive. And that was, that was fantastic to see. How much would you like to have had uh, resources like that at your fingertips, George, when you were a team boss? Uh, would, uh, well, I mean, it's quite a different uh, operational setup. We 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 just built rally cars at Toyota, and 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 that's you know where I, I'll, I'll base my core uh, comments. But from, I mean, from to there. be able to take oh, your just to, 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 to have well, we, your deluxe yeah, driving. If we wanted facilities. to, if we wanted to shake cars down in Germany, it was quite a palaver. With the, there was some. Testing ground, military testing grounds just south of Cologne that I believe that we could have accessed 
but I can't remember we ever did. I remember it being discussed. Um, the shakedown for the cars after they were built, one of our uh, senior foremen would take them down the autobahn. So we'd go out to the to the west of, of Cologne on the, the A4, I think it was. And once you got past um, Freshen, 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 Kerpen, once you got past Kerpen, that's that's where uh, Michael Schumacher uh, was born. Uh, the motorway was 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 un- unrestricted, so you could you could uh, the cars could get a decent shake down down that road and make sure that they they could all reach top speed and were behaving themselves before they came back for their last checks onto the trailer and off out. Yeah, but but we went we, we Belgium uh, Belgium and Holland were our destinations. So we we had a. A uh, rallycross track in Belgium, Valkensvaard. It was about two hours, two and a half hour drive away to get yeah. there. Um, well, and this, George, this is the great thing, George, about what Malcolm's developed up at, yeah. at M Sport is it is all there and it is absolutely state of the art technology that's yeah. going into oh, it's the a, development. It's a different centre. purpose. It's not purposed it's at rally cars, it's purposed no, no, no. for you know, road car development and what road an car. incredible facility. Yeah. And obviously, you know, massive plans well established, but to be continuing to see him pouring his personal money into that during this lockdown must have taken an awful big heart to, to do that. Um, of course, you know, you're in for a penny, in for a pound, you've got to keep going, there's no backing out. But Crikey, he must have been looking at that thinking, will will this pay off? And he'll still mm-hmm. be thinking that yet because, you know, car manufacturers, will they be in, well, they'll have to invest in money in development of cars always. Uh, it's difficult to cut back on that. You might cut back on all sorts of things. You can't cut back on advertising, on promotion. But the way we're moving, you don't want to cut the quality. You've got to develop the cars. Don't you think there's going to be more money needed for development, seeing as we're moving towards with hybrid hybridization of the sport? Yeah, yeah. Well, again, from from rally, whether whether that facility is is geared to that, I'm I I don't have the understanding. But I think in general, cars, you know, our general transport has always been changing. It's always been developing. We're reaching a I don't think we're I don't think we're quite at a watershed point where we're going to get away from internal combustion engines. Um, there's all sorts of incomplete arguments about uh, about the, the pros and cons of everything. Uh, battery technology, which I, I I keep trying to fully understand how efficient a battery is, um, and and my understanding is they're not as efficient as we we might l- like to be led to to believe. But I do also understand that taking lithium out of the planet. It's a dirty process, and um, I, I don't think I don't think that's overly nice. Um, and I, but I, then you imagine that uh, you know I've seen huge quarries being, I, I've I've seen huge uh, huge coal mines, uh, you know, open cast coal mines in Scotland being opened up, and they look awful when they're being done. But when they when they're finished and closed, they are completely and absolutely reinstated. All the topsoil's taken away when they start, and they make huge yeah. artificial hills out of it. And six years later, when they finish mining, they fill them back in again. And and you know what? You never know. They've been there. Yeah. So if they do the same with the lithium George, stuff for the batteries, George, I've got a linkling that uh, George, David Evans has joined I've us. Got, I've got a question. Good morning, everybody. Sorry, I'm Good late. Morning, David. Uh, Good morning. In- Interesting story being written. I'll come to that shortly. But George, I have genuinely got a question, which please can you explain to me the process of electrolysis? <laughs> electrolysis, probably yes. not. 
No. I I, no. I have been working with the fabulous so, Julia Fry from uh, uh-huh. Extreme E this morning. Uh, yeah. Julia oh. and I have been trying to figure out how... Is it, is, I think electrolysis That's what yeah. a fuel cell does, isn't it? It's, it's basically... Yes, exactly. Tra- exactly. exactly. It's, it's a fuel cell technology, yeah. Yeah, Lisa, I'm so sorry. How? Why so, did I not ask you that question? I'm terribly <laughs> sorry. So yeah. essentially, why do you want ex- to know about tro- e- electrolysis? Unless extreme, you, are, you can extreme, use it for hair removal. Is there something extreme, else you want to tell us? Extreme E, uh, as we know, they are embarking on this brilliant new project for oh, next year. So exciting! And they are completely self-sustaining. So they are producing uh, these uh, fuel cells, H-power fuel cells, uh, which produce hydrogen. Uh, and the the idea is that this that this cell will stand alone, and it can stand alone in the middle of a desert or wherever you want it to stand alone. Uh, mm-hmm. And it is essentially completely self powering, so it produces electricity. So um, Julia sent the release through, which was brilliant, uh, and then she added a bit more detail. But I still am so stupid; I didn't get it. Uh, so I've been working from quite early this morning. So I actually woke woke the children up. On the first day of their of their summer holidays, and asked them to explain to me the the process of making hydrogen, which they did brilliantly. But fundamentally, this cell thing needs you need an electrical current um, to produce stimulate the electrolysis. Yes. So where does mm-hmm. that come from? And the children were saying, "Well, it, inherently, it must be within the fuel cell." And I'm saying it can't be because. If it is, it's not self-sustaining because it have needs electricity. Have we got electric- a perpetual motion discussion here? Mm-hmm. I we, think we, we what have. We, what we what we know is that to produce hydrogen uh, from, from to release the hydrogen from water is a very very energy-intensive process, and it's and it's not any it's it's not as efficient as as using um, you know a fossil fuel. Technically speaking, yeah. you know you'll, you'll use as much fossil fuel to release the same amount of hydrogen uh, in terms of calorific value. That you've used to release it. Obviously, if you're getting that electricity from the sun, and the sun gives us multiple trillions of kilowatts of of, of free power every day directed at this planet, it's this it's ninety nine point nine percent of the weather. It comes from the sun. Point zero zero one percent of it is affected by man and what we do. Uh, there you go. I got in with that dig. Thank you. Um, but the reality is there's a massive amount of energy coming from the sun every day. If we can use it to release hydrogen f- from uh, from water, crikey. Um, David. That's us, that's us in the, we're in the money, so to speak. We're talking hydrogen with, with, with extreme No, they're going to use the hydrogen to create electricity, <laughs> which will be stored in the fuel cell. And then when the yeah. cars come in, they'll plug the cars into the fuel cell and charge right. the cars. Now, so I do remember than- listening to an episode of something mm. on Radio 4 where they were talking about how effectively we're not far away from technology that fuel cells are just water. Mm. That you store oh, exactly. the electricity, you use the water and you store the electricity in the water. I didn't follow it. Mm-hmm. The, the only, the only byproduct, Lisa, of, of this whole process in the desert or wherever, the only byproduct apparently is water. Wow. And I guess it, some water just kind of dribbles out of an exhaust thing somewhere. And so they're then going to use that water to Irrigate water the, the plants. Yeah. yeah. Gee, that's Remarkable. a lot better because we, we've all seen the pictures, haven't we, of the electric cars plugged into the electric chargers. The electric chargers are plugged into the diesel generators. 
That all seems a little bit mad, doesn't it? But this sounds way, way more acceptable than that. It does, and and the the good thing is with this with this um, with this thing. Hang on a sec. Let me rummage around. David, I love the fact you, I can hear Here your brain working as you're yep. trying to work it out. Shut up! It's shut up! Cult. I've got listen vision, to, I've got listen, of him with listen. a pencil behind his ear, and yeah. you can hear all his papers around the uh, desk. Extreme E. <laughs> I'm just trying to just some of it. Just so essentially, it's this company AFC Energy. Um, which are they're obviously absolute genius people, and Adam Bond, the CEO, is a turbo genius, um, but speaks a kind of a language that I just didn't really understand. So Julia then said that they they they'd done some a sort of simpler version of this thing, which I watched and kind of got, but just didn't, and it was all to do with electrodes and just bonkers chemistry, physics, whatever. You know, I was still in every lesson. Uh, at uh, in physics and chemistry, I was busy drawing Malcolm Wilson and Tony Pond's Metro Six R Four on the back of my rough book um, and colouring it in in computer vision colours. I had no interest at all, so it it's just so complicated. But I will endeavour to understand it. And Julia's just sent me an email saying she will get somebody to call. She's going to get somebody to call me yeah. to talk me through it. Which I think I, th- I can feel I a video coming on, David. I yeah, think you and I yeah. should go down and visit these people and do a kind yeah. of, you know, a half wit's guide to understanding it. Yeah. What's 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 half of a half wit? A quarter wit. That's kind of yeah. what I am. Mm. Not even well, a half wit. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm so delighted that she's going to be giving you that lesson because I do yeah. like the way that you tell me stuff on websites that makes me feel intelligent. So if you could write <laughs> that for me, that would be brilliant. Lisa, every time. I open my mouth, I make you seem even more intelligent than you clearly already are. <laughs> Problems. Genuinely. <laughs> so anyway, uh, um, we kind of hinted that you might be joining us with some breaking news. Is it breaking well, it, news it, you can tell it, us it, or do we have to wait yeah, for no, it to appear no, on the website? Yeah, no, no, absolutely, but it's, it's sort of, it's, it will have broken. Uh, I know. This will come out Tuesday. So yes, what day are we today? Uh, Friday. Uh, and yeah, the route for January's Monte Carlo has come out uh, and quite radically different. We heard a rumour that there would Ooh. be no um, Thursday Monte Carlo start uh, and that has Ooh. indeed gone. Uh, so Shakedown moves from Wednesday to, to Thursday morning, uh, the traditional slot, Thursday morning, 9am. Uh, and there is... They reckon it's 85% new. There's certainly some stages that I've not heard of, um, but there are, you know, the, the Sunday remains largely the same. There's a place, George, you'll know. We've started Chirini from Pear uh, Carver. Pear Carver. The yeah. Half, just if you go a bit further up that road towards a place called La Maria, La, L, La M-A-I, with a very strange... Circumflex. Uh, uh, double I. A uh, double dot oh. thing over the I. La Maris. And then you go up through Turini and back down to Moulinet. So slight change to, to the Turini stage. The other uh, stage on Sunday is Col Saint-Jean to Col d'Orme. Col de Lorme, sorry. Which I, I've been on Col Saint-Jean, mm-hmm. before, Saint-Jean before, but I think I've been there on a test. Um, mm, but yeah, right. there's... The, uh, yeah. There, there is, there's quite a lot of, of new stuff. Selene is is on the rundown on Saturday afternoon. Uh, all of Friday mm. stages are new. Uh, it's still, still based in Gap, David, for the first. Yeah, yeah, days. yeah, 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 yeah. So the start of the of the rally is from Gap on Thursday afternoon, um, 
and uh, yes, and Bonnet is the second stage on. Oh, I love that stage on um, on Thursday night. Uh, Sorry, but it, s- s- not obviously not San Bonnet Le Fra, different one. Yeah, yeah, different one. Yeah, it's, it starts it's from San oh. Maurice. Oh yeah, San Bonnet Le Fra is miles away, isn't it? Before. It is. It's across yeah. in the yard. In the it's Ardesh, across by so Valence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that no, is. but yeah. but yeah, slightly shorter. I think it's just over three hundred kilometers. Uh, again, but yeah, the big thing is no no uh, Casino Square start uh, on the Thursday morning. But as I've, I've just mm. written, you know, uh, you know, it's quite nice to go to Monty. It's a bit of a pain uh, to, to to drive all the way down there on the Thursday morning, but it is quite nice to be there. But fundamentally, we only care really about who makes it back first on a on a Sunday afternoon, don't we? Mm. But what I like, David, about the start in, in Monte Carlo. Yes was the Thursday night stages. They, they would start with a couple of stages on the run back, back up to oh, yeah, Gap, we're doing that. We're, we're still doing that, but we're just doing them uh, from Gap on the oh, Thursday night. Okay. Good, yeah. good. Yeah, that and the, good, the, very, the very good news is that because we're not um, having to come back up the road from Monaco, we're a couple of hours um, earlier finishing on that Thursday night. So usually you don't get to bed till sort That's of two o'clock. In soft, yeah. soft. Mm. You're soft. <laughs> this is a rally. We should be, we should actually be starting off from our home cities with a thousand kilometer <laughs> road run in noisy rally cars. That'll teach them uh, to be paid so much money. And then, and then they go down to Nice and then they immediately start. And then we go out and do all those night stages and you get two hours kipping in off for the next day. That's, Man stuff. What did they call that, George? What did they call Stupidity, that? Stupidity, the... I think. <laughs> <laughs> what was the Old-fashioned call? That's what you call it these days. It was concentration run. It was called that's the concentration it. run call. And it was it. great. It. it was brilliant. It was unbelievably good fun. Why but the changes, it was, I mean, it, 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 uh, Pardon me? Why the changes? Why the changes? Uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, it's reducing, it's reducing our carbon, carbon footprint. There you go. But I think maybe it's a sign of... Um, you know, how we're going to see things changing in the coming 12 months, 18 I, months. Any I think you're right, Carl, because out, in, take out you know, one, one thing that they that they talked about definitely in, in Monty this year was mm. what is the point of this, of us all tearing down um, yeah. to Monaco? And it's quite right, you know, it, we spend a day in the car for, for really nothing at all. Um, so, yeah, so and it's just bought... It's bought you the opener pretty much Square, into, which is always nice in, to sit it's there. It's into line with the, in case you were a film star, David. with the Come rest on. of the of the championship, hasn't it? With a Thursday morning shakedown. Here's something. Here's something. If you're in the UK, so we've been um, me and the kids, David. You missed my little talk at the start about the fact we're on holiday, but me and the kids are on holiday, um, and we, <laughs> we, we've been watching on the BBC iPlayer in the evenings. Uh, there, there's a, do- a BBC documentary about Monaco and Monte Carlo. I think it's a five yeah. or six part series and it's narrated by that guy that does is it's uh, first dates he's he's a French sommelier got, oh, got a lovely Syriac. voice Fred yeah narrated by him my goodness me it's an eye opener I'm seeing all these familiar places and hearing all these familiar names around Monaco and Monte Carlo but the stuff that goes on David oh you wouldn't <laughs> believe it you wouldn't believe nope. it I'm actually quite pleased we're not going back there because I'd have to go and look up some of these people in some of these places and you know, perhaps get myself into trouble. But there is, there is, there is an absolute magic about that place. You know, every, every January, perhaps these things happen less in in January, Cole. Uh, but you know, like like George said, you know, to sit and have a cup of coffee outside the the Cafe de Paris in the Casino Gorgeous, Square and watch, yeah. you know, a billion yeah. pounds worth of supercars. 
drive past you. And then, uh, you know, every year to walk the Grand Prix track, uh, it's 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 great. And I would be very sad if we ever didn't didn't go to that uh, yeah, event. True. And you know, true. we write we talk about that in a, in a week where we're obviously missing Safari this week. Um, mm. We talked. Did we we talked about that last week? Didn't we? We did quite a lot. A lot, yeah, we did. We did. I have a, I have a good memory. Who's paying uh, attention? Yeah, yeah, Howells. Um, um, so, now, does yeah. anyone, anybody else want some news, some breaking news? Yes, uh, always. Rally de Roma next week, which Dirtfish will be covering. By the way, keep an eye out on all of our various channels. Uh, but we will be covering Rally de Roma. Myself and David are going out there with with uh, with Hyundai, and a big thank you to Hyundai for looking after us. Um, but uh, hearing that Rally de Roma may go as a if you like a closed event, there's the, the the Italian government are changing their regulations again with this this increasing fear of a second wave of the horrible lurgy. Uh It looks as if it may go a closed event. Had you heard that, David? I uh, yeah, heard lots of things. You know, right mm. ranging from all the way from you know the whole thing is going to be off. Yeah, uh, yeah. because well, I didn't you know, like the, to say that. <laughs> as you say, well, you know, by Tuesday we'll either be on our way to uh, no, we won't actually, will we? Well, no. by Tuesday, we'll know for sure. But yeah, mm. you know, this is the problem, isn't it? You know, mm. we can plan all of the events that we want. We've got, f- uh, what is it, five events planned for WRC. And it's great. You know, we're going to Estonia here. We're going to Turkey there. We're going to blah, blah, blah. Yeah, let's just wait and see what happens. Let's wait and see what the governments decide. Um, yeah. Because, you know, we had the same issue with Germany a couple of weeks ago. There was a huge spike. Not a huge spike. There was a, there was a regional spike of cases. Um and immediately it brought that event into question as well. So let's, I think we can take absolutely nothing for granted here. Nothing. Um, That's absolutely right. Nothing at all. And, you know, mm-hmm. a lot, a lot, a lot of people in the service park are saying that they would be very surprised uh, if we, if we, if we get all the, the, the planned rounds um for for wrc and you know one thing that's definitely in question is is turkey at the moment and you know whether they'll actually have the money to run uh there's mm. there's a lot of people who are saying that the government will won't provide the funding it's very difficult times isn't it for governments you know as we know around the world we're um we're facing dire economic circumstances and governments splashing a load of cash on on a round of the world championship is not perhaps their biggest priority so i think we find out there's a deadline apparently next week Ooh. to see if if that happens and if turkey goes then ipa and or croatia well, i think it would definitely be yeah one or well, well, it would news- be and or it would be turkey uh, yeah. ipa or croatia that would step in uh, well david i'm hearing this morning that there's uh there's also uh, Belgium. Uh, they're, they're, the Belgium government are very, very concerned about the rising rates of infections. And there is talk that in the next 24 hours that they will reintroduce a, a ban on gatherings and big sporting events uh, to take them potentially through until early October time. So again, it's just it's what you're saying. It's, you know, we're keeping our fingers crossed. We're trying to yeah. do everything we can, but but we absolutely can't take anything for granted at all. And and, you know, we've said it before, you know, I think a number of us and me in particular were quite critical of the promoter for the first, what, three months, four months of this crisis because they were, you know, they were absent without leave. We didn't know what they were doing. They weren't saying anything. They weren't giving any direction. But you have to say that the promoter have uh, the promoter has done a, a pretty decent job in trying to put this calendar together. But you have to feel very, very sorry for them and that, that you know, they, it doesn't really matter how much work, how much effort they put in. They are still very much 
uh, on tenterhooks until the actual first stage is run because it could be cancelled. Any rally could be cancelled at any point before it runs. And it must be a dreadfully difficult situation for, for all of the, uh, the stakeholders concerned. Well, you only have to see what's happened in this country where um, in the UK we've got cricket underway and very stringent um, rules were put in for mm -hmm. the West Indies travelling to the UK to make a test series possible. The English cricket players put into lockdown as well and one of them chose to ignore what he was supposed to do, head home, visited somebody else, has had to have a He's, test and, and has mm. thrown the whole potential mm. test series just by one person not following the rules. And that's kind of where we're at is people think, oh, I'll be all right. And as long as people are smart enough to just not try and bend the rules to suit themselves, we should be okay. But there are just idiots out there that just think, mm. oh, I'll be all right. I'd say, I'd, that's a little bit unfair. Joffre Archer is a very fast bowling idiot, Lee. I think we should. <laughs> it would have helped if he'd been one of our poorer players. Oh, well, but it so the rules don't apply to him because no, he plays exactly. cricket. Now, everyone now in the world that's not English now understands how how the English system works. Yes, it's all about privilege and what yeah. you do. If no, it's about cricket, it's, you're okay. it's about you go, the pace. David, you've outed it, yourself, mate. It's you've about how yourself. quickly they can bowl, George. <laughs> if they're spin bowlers, <laughs> they're, the passion no of use. cricket, the passion yeah. of Geoffrey cricket. You've Archer, got to love it. You've got to Geoffrey love it. Archer had had a very good reason for breaking the rules, as far as I'm concerned. He was missing his dog, apparently, so he took a 125 yeah. mile detour to go and have some quality time. This is what his friends are saying. May not be true, but his friends are saying he took a 125 mile detour to see his dog. And Let's potentially cost us, and, and potentially cricket. cost us the series in doing that. But but yes. one point, one but that's point what to could make. Happen with the world. That's what could happen with one event, couldn't it? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Lisa. And you know, you say there about Belgium, Col, and this is exactly you know the nightmare scenario that um, that you know we say we have sympathy with with the promoter. Yeah, we do. But you know, ultimately, I have perhaps more sympathy with organisers of events who are yeah. you yeah, know yeah, what yeah. do they do in Ypres if the government's saying. You know, it's exactly that situation that we had with Finland that they were locking down or they were controlling mass gatherings until the end of July, weren't they? And then That's Finland it. ran the first week in August. What do you do as an event? You know, you either make a very early call and say, nah, we're not going, as Finland and, and GB did, uh, or you keep gambling. And, you know, right now, Belgium is is putting money into IPA, hoping that it will run. And, you know, these these mm. kind of decisions can bankrupt clubs can bankrupt organizers uh and uh, you know ultimately that's i think where the real sympathy lies because mm. there's a huge volunteer force that run these events um and you know there's not a lot of money in a round of the world rally championship um but there is a vast amount of effort that goes into them uh and it could but all be for nothing it, yeah yeah you're right you know there's, there's a there's not a lot of money for the the clubs in, in, in organising a round of the championship, uh, but but some 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 more positive news, David. We already talked while you were obviously um, covering the breaking news. We talked a little bit about our really very insightful two days up in M Sport, but some good mm. news from M Sport this week as well, David. They are putting on uh, what looks to be a really decent event in August. Yeah, yeah, it looks, you know, it'll be an absolute cracker, won't it? 45 cars, all from M Sport in the last 20 years. There will be some some fascinating cars there. There really will. Um, and Explain, explain a bit more. So essentially, uh, M Sport wanted to do something to help get British rallying up and running again. And what they've got in Greystoke is a, is a forest that you could essentially kind of close off. Oh, I've, uh, had a, it's, I've had a passenger ride through there with Elvin Evans. 
Yeah, so you know, it's it's not you know completely impenetrable, but that you can control access. So it will be behind closed doors, and the idea is that if you own a car that was built by Amsport in the last twenty years, uh, you could take up one of forty-five entries. Um, <laughs> so hopefully, we will see Tamu or uh, Esapeka Lappi or Gus or somebody in one of the world cars, um, and you know, even even the boss man, um, you know, Malcolm. Malcolm Wilson or Matthew Wilson or Elaine Wilson, even uh, any of the mm. Wilsons, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of, of cars around there that they could get oh, out right. and have a go in. Uh, I used to have so, a Fiesta rally car, David. Yeah. Very, there you go. Very basic one. It was a very basic one. If it was built by M-Sport in the last 20 years, George, you want to get hold of it and stick an entry in. So, you no, know, I, at the minute, I built we, it in my garage. we'll take, we'll take um, rallies when and where we can. Uh, and that's, mm. I'm sure, I think it's August the 22nd, isn't it? And, uh, yeah, it is. And, and obviously, David, as you, you said there, it'll be behind closed doors and they'll do their best to, to ensure that happens. But there'll be plenty of media coverage of that. And I think that's the important thing, isn't it? That, you know, rally fans, yes, they are desperate to get back out onto the stages because if you're a rally fan, then, you know, it's the adventure of rallying that draws you in. But, you know, what? every rally fan knows they can't go to every rally, but what they want to mm. see is competition. They want to see rallying somewhere. And there'll be plenty of coverage of that event up in Greystoke uh, on the media, the social media channels. Can you hear that? Can you hear that? Can you hear, can you hear that sound of a tarpaulin being pulled off a dusty <laughs> M-Sport car and expectation and hope of someone, do you know, we can get it going. Somebody yeah. somewhere is going to be locked in a garage doing late nights to try and get... Get into Greystoke. Greystoke. <laughs> no, exactly. And it is, you know, it is very, it is very, very exciting. I can't. You, you were up there, Colt, more recently than me. What's the yeah. the mobile connection like up there? Is is a decent service? Could we do? Uh... Yes. Yeah, really good coverage, David. I, I think um, I do remember sending a few tweets, looking at a few videos while I was stage side. So yeah, there's, there's pretty decent 4G up there. So there, there should be good coverage from the event, and I, I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. No, it'll be, uh, as we said, you know, any event, we'll take anything right now. We will do anything to get out and see rally cars uh, in action. And hopefully we'll see some next week in in, in Rome. Um, and then the following weekend in Alba, which, crikey, I guess that means that if they, if Rome gets kind of cancelled or, or locked down, then the same would go for Alba, wouldn't it? Because... It's a bit yeah, further north, too. but it's not a million miles away. I think away. Alba might be a little easier to manage. It's up in the mountains. It's mountain, mm. as I understand it, it's up in the mountains. David, is that right? Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's, I, it's, think so. I think it is. I think it's mountain roads. I think maybe a little easier to manage in terms of numbers. You know, obviously, yeah. any sort of event you run uh, in or near to Rome, potentially is going to have massive crowds, but take it away from the big cities and maybe it becomes more manageable. I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that we get both those events. But, you know, one of them would do, to be totally honest with you. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not, you know, in fairness, there is that parade of cars through Rome uh, on yeah. the Friday night or whenever. But the actual event is based yeah. south, uh, southeast uh, yeah. of Rome. Couldn't be southwest because that would be in the sea, wouldn't it? <laughs> no, no, south, south, southwest is eat, kind of on the coast, isn't it? South of Fumacino Airport. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to work so that David, out David, while I've still what got were hydrogen. You good at school? And, um, what were you good at? You were not good at chemistry and physics. P, so P, and, P, P and quite good at English. <laughs> were you good Maths. at PE? Hey? What were you? Were you a yeah. rugby player? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Clearly, rugby and cricket. 
opposition rugby? Well, is it started out on the wing lease uh, yep. and then ended up obviously in centre. Uh, and yep. when I was when we started when we were very young, they there was a, a hint of going in the scrum, but I I got well out of there. Um, uh. I no, that's where all the action of, is. That's much more yeah, fun in there. No, 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 definitely not. Uh, I was so a blindside yeah, f- flanker. What, really? Yeah, played 10 wow. years. Wow, good Lord. You would have absolutely knocked me down flat. I love Trust me. I love rugby. <laughs> I absolutely think it's all girls should play rugby. In fairness, if I was, you know, I was a second row briefly uh, and, and genuinely oh, no, hated wrong. that. It was that's very, really very claustrophobic. Yeah. But a flanker, I could have, you know, I wouldn't have minded being a flanker because you could get away, couldn't you? And You can, yeah. And, and yeah, no, I could. I don't have to be I, so quick as about, anyway, we're not talking about rugby, we're talking about rallying. George has gone very quiet, hasn't he? Uh, sorry, not enough rally cars being talked about here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you lose me, you lose me. I've got a very short extension span, rugby. <laughs> Cricket. I, cricket, sorry. We have Just ticked not, most not, of the boxes about what we were going to talk about. Is there anything you wanted to bring up, George? Rally cars? No, I'm just, I, I, all this talk of rallies and everything, it makes me want to drive again. And unfortunately, I'm uh, I'm not quite uh, in the financial situation that I could ever do that. But it's, uh, I might have to just take myself out of the whole equation here because it, it, it's, uh, it, it's painful, actually. It's painful Is that because to think you've about. been looking at your picture on the McLean Gallery yeah. again? It, it Possibly, possibly. Actually, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd forgotten about that already. But um, yeah, I mean, the, the the idea of doing safari rally with Malcolm Wilson and a lovely escort sounded quite fun to me <laughs> earlier on. And now this talk of the 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 fi- well the 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 Fiesta rally, which is more or less what it will be, Fiestas and focuses, um, and maybe the odd Mark II that Malcolm's built as well down in uh, Greystoke, which is just one of my favourite forests. What a fantastic place! Have you competed in there, George? You must know somebody that you can get get well, into. Well, no, I've, I've been I've been offered I've been offered to borrow a rally car a couple of times, but uh, uh, you, you drive someone's rally car, you know, you get into the seat. Um, you've now taken responsibility for a you know fifty sixty thousand pound car. If I put it on its roof, I can't afford to re- rebuild that car, so it's not fair. So I'm I'm not going to drive it. You know, and and you can be driving along even if I mean I have driven rally cars infrequently. Um, over the last uh, 15, 20 years. And uh, it, would, it would appear that I've uh, none of my uh, spectacle, skill and touch has particularly been lost. Obviously, my rally craft, my forest craft would, would be greatly diminished. But the basic yeah. skill's still still there. And, and I, I, although I still drive quite spectacularly, um, I drive with a degree of caution. I break a little bit early. But you just need a, a, a little patch on the road, something that you didn't quite see, a wee stone sticking out somewhere to flip a car on its roof. And uh, mm. so I, I'm just not prepared to take that risk with someone else's car. Um, yeah. dis- despite George, I remember you, you, you took that risk with a hire car once in Mexico and uh, it was quite a <laughs> thrilling ride, I'd have to say. Quite a thrilling well, up on top of the... When did um, we do that, Colin? That wouldn't have been oh, that spectacular in a hire car, was it? It was. It was. I, I kind of, we were wrecking and I'd driven, we had those very strange little hire cars that were the simplest, most basic cars. I think they were Nissans. Um, and you oh, yes, absolutely got this no yeah. performance whatsoever. And I thought I was driving out quite neat and quite tidy. We get to the end, and you were quite disgruntled. And you said, Colin, get out, get out. I'm driving, I'm driving back. <laughs> I'm driving back. Said, it's all about getting the speed up. I'm, I'm whinging the whole time about how this car is gutless and has no speed. But I was driving neat and tidy. I was like, I was like a gentleman skier on the ski slopes. Lovely carved turns. And George was then the hooligan who knocks everyone over going flat <laughs> down the black runs. 
Um, yeah, no, I remember that. It was up towards the Kubaletti stage. We ran across the top right. of the ridge. Uh, yeah. And I think you got back on this stage in, in half the time it took me to get out there. It was it, it was it was strangely exhilarating and actually quietly impressive, George. I was very impressed indeed. Yeah, but it would be nice. Driving a road tires, you've got to be... that. Uh, yeah, well, uh, driving a hire car, never mind just a road car. It was a hire car. Normally, so. normally there's there's squeaks and groans from Colin when he gets uncomfortable. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't uh, suffer in oh. silence, Colin. But, and talking um, about that, David, yes. David, are you still with us? You typing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, carry on. David, what is this nonsense about people asking us for our height and our weight to put us in a rally car in Italy somewhere? What's that all about? What's that I have no all idea. about? I, I'm always yeah. too afraid to ask, Cole, and I'm certainly too afraid to ask on your behalf. Well, one thing is, don't I, give I, them your size, Cole, and don't go in it. Don't make a fool of yourself one again. One thing honestly. is sure is that we will record uh, whatever happens, uh, and and it will be uh, it will be shown on it's Dirtfish. I have to say, it, yeah. it hasn't ruined my holiday, but it's it just thinking about it's it. It's not a holiday, Cole. It's not a holiday, Cole, and I can tell. Oh, oh, sorry, your holi- your current holiday. I thought you were inferring that our week away in Italy was a holiday. That's definitely not a holiday. No, no, as far as your wife is concerned, that is not a holiday, David. We are not going to San Gimignano. We are not going no. to Tuscany. <laughs> we're not. We're just we're not. passing through. We're passing. We're, we're passing, passing through on the way and to see. <laughs> on the way to see such incredible folk as Sergio Limone and lots of other, oh. hopefully, ah, uh, yeah, well, let, just lots of people. We've got lots of people. We've got a very busy week coming up, Cole, so uh, it, it'll be good. Well, There's an pe- iconic name, Sergio Leo Limone. My yeah. goodness me. You nearly yeah. went for the uh, great film director there, didn't you, George? No, 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 no. no, no but we do like we do like that Sergio too. <laughs> we love we love all his spaghetti westerns as well. But uh, Sergio Limone, that mm-hmm. is our legendary, legendary uh, Lancia and Fiat mm. designer, the chief engineer, isn't it? Well, it sounds the like guy... you guys are going to be very busy in the next few weeks. And Crikey. I really am very much looking forward to seeing the M Sport stuff up on dirtfish.com. If you are listening and this is the first time you listen to Spin the Rally Pod, why not subscribe so that the next episode leaps into your download folder and... Um, We'll ha- we, we are going to be talking more about proper rally action once we get more cars blasting their way across the stages. But if there is anything else you want us to talk about, drop us a tweet at Dirtfish Rally. And yeah, and any questions you and want. don't forget answered? those pictures, Lisa. Don't forget those pictures of George and David. Yes, that's the other them. thing as well. We want to, So George was telling us, David... How yeah. on that marvellous McLean gallery, looking back at the top 10 Safari yeah. Rally photographs, uh, if you go to picture number five, the car on the left is driven by one Mr. George Donaldson, not, as it says, Juha Kankana, because there was a little bit of um, behind the scene. Create, it's creative, creative uh, photo shoot it was, five-day photo shoot, yeah, lovely. Yeah. Mr. Mr. Kankana wasn't available for that photo. But we want photos of George and you, in situ. So if anybody's taken photos that you know of, of David Evans. Yeah. Yeah, you. And yeah. Colin. Because you've been around a long and time, David. A long photos time. photos of me. And long Colin. Time. Like, you won't actually get any of me because I was always stuck in a studio in a different part of the world. So, yeah. Any Not. action photos of the Dirtfish expert panel of Spin the Rally Pod, please send them in or, or tweet them at Dirtfish Rally because that'll give us a real laugh. I do like picture number seven, by the way, in the recline photography because... Somehow, and I'm guessing that's Colin, has managed to turn a rally car into a, a hippopotamus. 
It kind of looks like a hippo rearing out of the water. I mean, the photos are just absolutely brilliant. We're so lucky to have the McLean photography on the dirtfish.com website. And if you do like looking at pretty pictures of rally cars, that's the place to go. Um, I think we've we've covered all the topics we're going to talk about today, lads, haven't we? That really you, George, on the left? It is really me, yeah. Wow. Was that a promo shot? It was a promo shot, five-day photo shoot. I drove, I drove four and a half thousand kilometres in in about four and a half days, something like that, something what, about that. Yeah. What would be the tactic in there? Were you, were you, were you? Cra- no, well, you were, been, clearly weren't crawling through there. But oh no, you- we were cracking on. I mean, we 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 we, we would uh, the helicopter would go up, and we were driving across Suswa. Yeah. Um. Uh. And to um, I think it was to Amali, and then we were going to go up the Mau Escarpment, and then the helicopter spotted. That there was there had obviously been some rain, yeah. and it was it was about twenty kilometers off towards um, towards element uh, well to, no towards Naivasha from from uh, from Suswa. So we went over the over the road and followed some direction from the helicopter. I was literally following in Ian's dust most of the time, so it was quite a tricky drive because yeah. uh, the the rule was you know as long as I'm following Ian, nothing will go wrong. Well, you can imagine that you get several kilometers of dust, so oh. I was driving with about ten or fifteen percent visibility a lot of the time, but having to well. keep up because if I fell behind that was uh, th- that that ruined the photo shoot but talking of 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 limited visibility in this picture that we're talking about you your screen is completely covered in mud. Uh, yeah, probably I've forgotten to switch the, the wipers on, probably. <laughs> but um, they, they, they had special wipers, didn't they? Or different kind of... you. They the wiper squirt. motor, the, the, yeah, there was there was big hoses onto the, the wipers yeah. and we had the, the, there was like eight eight litre, eight or even ten litre uh, water bottles in wow. the back. I love that yeah, sort of thing. Of, of the that's, cars, yeah. That's uh, so cool. What what was... What that's was, um, the, the, the electric... <laughs> the, 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 the wiper motors were the original wiper motors but they were completely unwound and rewound by our electricians or by, I think maybe it's just some company in Germany. And they changed all the solder from lead solder to silver solder so it could take the temperature. And those really? wipers, they could, they could go, you know, you, when you get your, put your wipers on fast speed, it always feels quite, quite quick. Yeah. Um, in, in reality, um, uh, these ones would go about three times the speed. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's I think I think I think the wipers probably are going on that photograph. It's just yes. it's just that the, yeah, they're just the on photographs a probably captured, a, captured yeah. a splash. Yeah, but uh, I, and that, that that muddy section was only a couple of kilometres, but we went backwards and forwards through it about three times, and then we went off heading north. Can't remember where we stayed that night. It was fabulous. Best best four and a half five days I ever had on Safari Rally. It was just amazing. I, Drove I've, every single section of the event. I've I've got to say. Um, as well on dirtfish.com, given that we're coming out Tuesday from the weekend, you will be able to read uh, Robert Reed, quite literally read Robert Reed's memories of the Safari Rally. And having talked to him about those, there are some, it, it's a great read. You really you have to dig in and, and right. enjoy that. And some, I tell you what, there's just some fantastic stories, photo- yeah. uh, no, I was going to say photograph number nine. Is brilliant yeah. as well with Richard he, Burns and Robert trying, trying to replace we, a wheel. In he didn't just, actually talk. He didn't actually talk about that. Uh, and and that, in fairness, he wasn't trying to to change the wheel. At least what happened was he had damaged the suspension uh, on the previous section. And if you remember, George, that the road. I think we talked about this last week. The road into Suswa in O2 mm-hmm. was horrific. It was just. Yeah. It was that volcanic well, dust. And as as you came was. into the service park, as or into the road that led you in, there was a big hole. Uh, and Richard and Robert were talking about this on the way in because the left front was jammed 
back against the arch uh, and couldn't they, they couldn't do anything about it. So mm-hmm. as they came in, they tried to kind of go quite quickly through this dust. And as soon as they hit the hole, that left front dug in and it just spun the car around. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they, they'd taken the wheel off to try and dig the car out, but it it, it yeah. didn't go anywhere. Uh, and I that's... Was, I, was, f- I was standing there next to McLean when he took that photograph you to, were, uh, to, to Colin. I was, I was there. We were all standing there. what that there. tarpaulin's doing then yeah. as well. They were trying to put it under the wheel, these, to try and get some traction. it seemed on the bonnet as well, though. But that was, everybody was just, and the, the reason that George was there, I'll tell you now, was to check that there was absolutely no outside assistance <laughs> well, from Peugeot. The, the, um, the, the, bottom, the bottom line was, I was actually standing there saying, and I said to Robert very quietly, I said, Robert, go and get a bloody tow rope and get a, get a land cruiser to pull you through. And he and he looked at me, and, and, and because you can, you can imagine how stressed, it, how, how stressed they were. As far as I was concerned, they were blocking the road. Yeah. Now the fact that you could go around it's mm. neither there, but the regulation says if you're if you're a hazard, if you're blocking the road, you can use you external can help. Yeah. So but I would they, have, I would have I would have told him. I would have but, told him all the way in. But there was enough people there that you could have pulled I'm sure you could have pulled yeah, the thing. Yeah, but that was the, that was the, the there was a lot of the servicing rules had been transgressed in the that year and the previous year, so people were very scared about what you could do and what you couldn't do. Right, but one of, I wrapped was, up about was, ten minutes ago. But just yes. just before we go, Lisa, just the the last word on Safari. I just love this bit of detail, this sort of stuff from from Robert. He was saying that when when you were flying into Nairobi, uh, you used to have to sort of strain to look out the window. Presumably, he would have been in business class, so it would have been quite a long way to the window from where he'd got his feet mm. up. Uh, and he said you'd look out <laughs> as you were coming down, and if it was all lush and green then you knew it, you were in for a rocky ride. It was going to be really, really rough because there'd been a lot of rain uh, to obviously to, to green the vegetation. Um, and if it was barren and burned, then it would just be a little bit smoother or perhaps just less rough, uh, which fast, is great. That, fast safari, yeah. That, that, that kind of detail great is detail, yeah, is great. It's lovely. It's great. Absolutely. So go, go and read what? it. And I think the next time we're, maybe we'll we'll hit the photographs again on the website because it's so lovely to actually know what's happening on the other side of the camera as well because the pictures are so iconic that yeah. actually having people that were there when they were taken makes it even better. Well, thanks, guys. I've done all the plugging. We'll be back with another episode of Spin the Rally Pod very, very soon. <laughs>